It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop to dominate fantasy baseball and football. Come get some. And here we go. We're back with this Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Trella, and with me today is my boy, Nick Mimi. What's going on, my man? What's going on, Jeff? I, I got not, not too much going today. Not too much. We're getting together today to ramp up for the Scott Fishbowl. Nick, Nick's oh, yeah. got a team in there. We got, our, oh, yeah. right, we got our first invite, first time. Real excited about that. Nick, what division are you in? I am in the Power Wheels division. Power Wheels. Did, did you own a Power Wheel when you were a kid? I probably did. Which yeah. is like last, it was like last year. Yeah, we we we, we, <laughs> we used to trash those things, man. Like you get one, you get one for Christmas. You you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to use it all that much, and then you just smash it up the next summer, and then you that need a new right. need a new one for Christmas the next year. But absolutely, all right. So Nick, this is your gig today, man. You're you're the guy that got the invite. I'm in a little little baby satellite uh, <laughs> guppy in the water, praying to get in next year pool. So, so you're taking the lead. You're, you're the man of the hour. Why don't you give us your quick overview of what the Scott Fishbowl is all about and what it means to you? So the uh, Scott Fishbowl is, so a lot of people on Twitter knows what it is. The basic rundown, Scott Fishbowl, 1,440 teams. So you're sitting there, you have no idea what this is. You know, how the hell can you do 1,400 teams in a fantasy league? And there was over 10,000 applicants. Over 10,000 applicants. Right. I was checking my email every single day, hitting refresh, checking the spam, all that stuff. He's got 96 teams in a conference, eight divisions each conference. 15, I believe it's 15 total conferences. Every division is own draft. So you have eight different drafts per conference. So out of each team, if you win eight games, you're automatically birth a playoff spot. In the conference, basically half the teams, the top 48 teams in the conference will make the playoffs, which is week 13. That week 13, you're going to have 48 playoff teams. 16 of those, which will be the highest score and the best record in each division, will get a bye to week 14. So now you're going to have 32 teams going at it. Top 10 scoring teams will advance. But the caveat is it's the most points, and I believe he has the season average actually incorporates into the total points that you score. So basically, if you have a really solid team all year, slack a little bit that week, you might be able to get boosted over. And then from there he goes, I believe week 14, uh, the 16 buys and the 10 teams go at it, top 10 teams advance, and then he's going to have all the top conference final winners going at it that last week 16 game. And highest scorers is champion. It's a big, complex uh, playoff system there, but he makes it work. So it's 13 regular season weeks, and then at least 50% of the teams make the playoffs. And that's what it looks like. He said basically, it's uh, if you win eight games, you're guaranteed a spot. If um, more than eight, if you more teams win eight games, then it'll be a couple more teams in there. But basically, you win eight, you're in. But uh, that half seems to get it. It's like playing a cash game in DFS. You just got to beat half the field. And you make the playoffs, and then we we could brag into next year that we that's made the it. playoffs in the Scott that's, Fishbowl. That's the goal. <laughs> that's goal year one. That's the that, goal. That, that's how your goal should always be in fantasy. You you enter a new league for the first time. You want to make the playoffs year one, and mm-hmm. then you dominate after that. Okay, that's it. You know, eh, I think you could do it. I I 
I think, uh, and we'll talk about it a little bit more as we go deeper in the half hour, but I don't think anybody really prepares as much as Nick does for this. We, we all know he's a, a mock draft maniac. He's already been doing like 10, 12 of these within the scoring system and the structure, which is a little mm-hmm. bit crazy. The one thing about this is it is a super flex and it is tight end premium, which we'll get into in a few minutes with that. The scoring system crazy. is a little bit jacked up. It's crazy. A little bit jacked up. Um, and, and and what do you think? You know, he said that there was a reason for that. It was the Lamar Jackson factor. Yeah, I think he put up 530 fantasy points. I think it was like over almost 100 points to the second place player. Wow. He broke the system basically last year. Wow. The biggest craziness then is the quarterback scoring then, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's six point passing touchdown. Yeah, six points for the passing touchdown. Your standard 0.04 per yard. But what he added in this year, it's 0.5, half a point per completion or negative one for an incomplete pass, minus one for a sack, minus four for an interception. So you really, really, really pushes up the top-end quarterbacks in this draft. This almost sounds like he was trying to make Jameis Winston fall off a cliff. Jameis Winston will be done. <laughs> yeah, he's in a 30-30 club, though. <laughs> My goodness. My, my first initial reaction listening to that quarterback is to fade Scam Newton. Mm-hmm. Inaccurate quarterback. He throws the ball all over the place. He's everybody's flavor of the month right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't touch him with a, with a 10-foot pole. You I don't even think com- he, could, he could throw at me and I could hit the ball with a 10-foot pole. No. You got to look at completion percentages on quarterbacks. You're going to see guys like Stafford and Carr rising up the boards just for that reason. Right. Didn't you say uh, Drew Brees might actually look like a top three? In this scoring system, Drew Brees is a minimum a top five quarterback. Top five, wow. At minimum. So based on the scoring system for quarterbacks, you're looking for high completion percentage and obviously volume. Volume, yeah. Volume, and it, and it kind of negates with this six-point touchdown, it negates the running quarterback a little bit. It does. It, it brings uh, them back it to earth. Narks up uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, basically. He broke it, so he's trying to level the playing field here. All right, so... A- anything else with the scoring system that, that really drives you into a, a, a particular We're, you, angle? You it before. We'll talk about it. The Titan Premium is a game changer. Okay. Definite game changer. Let's go into that right now. So the Titan Premium, it's a reception normalist. It's half PPR in this league, but the tight ends, they get an additional half point PPR for a catch. So they're basically a full point. The one thing I actually forgot to bring up is if a running back, a receiver gets a first down, it's an additional half a point. So if you catch a first down pass for 10 yards, you get a half a point for the catch, half a point for the first down. It's a full point. So it's a full point if it's a first down plus the yardage. Third, so. third and one, boom, first full point. Right. And the tight ends get an additional half point. So they get a point and a half for a first down. So that actually sounds like a, it's making it more tight end premium than you would think. Mm-hmm. Because who's the number one receiver on the field most of the time when it's third and short and you're throwing the ball? You're yeah. going to the tight end. You're ramming it into his stomach and, and just get three, four yards. Your tight end in this case, a, in this case, it's it, it's a point and a half plus the yardage. Yeah, you get a first down for a tight end. Looking at it, that's an additional point. You're looking at basically point and a half, two points just for a first down catch on top of the yards he gets on top of everything else. Right. So in your mocks, what are you seeing? Are you seeing? Any of these tight ends yeah. going in the first or second round? I am seeing Kelsey Kittle go within the first two rounds. Mark Andrews begins in the third round. 
And then you see in like the Wallers, the Ingrams, they're starting to follow suit in the fourth and fifth. And then Earth's around the same time frame. So what have you basically been doing in, in these mocks? I've been experimenting. I am under the assumption McCaffrey's going one. So I have been taking Mahomes number two. I think that's a safe bet. Last year, he was actually injured. So his stat- Well, we're going to go through one of your mocks from last night. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying right now, the tight end aspect, what are you doing for the most part? I'm experimenting. I'm trying to see which teams I like better. I have been looking at taking a tight end at the, at the swinger. I have the second pick in the, uh, in the draft. At the uh, 302 slot, I'm th- considering a tight end there. But the value of running backs sitting there is really nice. And if a good quarterback falls there, I'm even tempted to take two quarterbacks in the first three rounds with the scoring system. But if that's the case, I'll wait for the round four for a tight end. I mean, my first five rounds, I'm looking for two quarterbacks, a tight end, two running backs. I'm going to wait on receiver. Right. That's at least what I've been experimenting with. Is there any viability in zigging while they zag and just punting it and going all the way down and waiting Taking one of the low-end ones like Gusecki or, or Fant, are you seeing that happen? Uh, yeah, yes and no. The problem is you want to see the target volume of these tight ends. You don't want to get a guy that, I mean, Gusecki's a good sleeper, but you don't want to take a tight end that's not the focal point of the offense because you don't know how long they're going to be getting the ball. You want to make sure the tight end you draft at least is getting looked at. Darren Waller last year had what, over 90, over 100 targets, something like that. It's right. crazy. You want a tight end like that who's getting constant looks. Right. So that's the tight end premium. What about the super flex angle about it? The super flex, you get the second quarterback that can start. You can start a second quarterback. You can start any position well, you, you have want. To. You have to you with have the to, scoring system. To. Right. Absolutely. Everyone's drafting three quarterbacks. And the third quarterback, obviously, for the bye. And the super flex, you get those two quarterbacks in there. You got a Mahomes putting up 25, 26 points a game. Pair that with a Drew Brees, potentially round three. Hey. You're looking at potentially 50 points just out of your quarterbacks alone. Right. Right. Which is crazy. I mean, you look at your standard, your standard home leagues. A lot of guys, the uh, next quarterbacks are four point touchdowns, so they're maybe putting up twenty tops. Scott right. Fish's <laughs> quarterbacks on steroids, basically. Yeah, I hear you. So, who are some of the quarterbacks that you're looking at for the super flex? So, they, they, for anyone that's not in a super flex league, it, it, like Nick said, it, it basically your second quarterback is is an option. You don't have to have a quarterback there, but it doesn't make sense not to. So, what it does is because there's no more of that angle where there's so many available quarterbacks, it bumps them up and, and the good ones are going in the first and second round uh, in a super flex, as opposed to round seven, eight, nine is where most people start with their quarterbacks. The guys that aren't in the top 12, the guys that are going from 13 to 24, they become superstars in this league, in, in this format. And they're players that you really, really want to have. Who are a couple of them that you're keeping your eye on? Guys I'm seeing go really late. Kirk Cousins is actually slipping a lot in these drafts I've been seeing. Um, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford. Joe Burrow is actually going pretty early, surprisingly. My boy Sam Darnold, that's somebody I might look at. He's got a better offensive line, check downs all day long. Another one we talked about, and I'm in a 102 group chat, is uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. The only problem is week 13, Panthers on a bye. That's the first round of the Scottfish playoffs. So, oh, all right. You went there now. So let's talk about that. So, so but as, as we're talking about your strategy, that's a perfect segue to it because we're going to talk about that first pick and what I'm going to pull up the mock draft that you did last night with, uh, okay. actually with Gary Hatto, who's the defending champ picking in the one Oh one and you picked one Oh two. Absolutely. Multiple times. He told me I sniped him. I think it was four times. He, uh, he loved my team. So I, I take that as a compliment from the champ. 
Yeah, I love his team too. So, <laughs> oh, I, I do too. His team There's is sexy. Won last year. <laughs> yours is yours is sweet too. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the way it turned out. All right, so picking at the 102, the talk out there is that you're looking at McCaffrey or Mahomes. That's the consensus. Yep. In fact, any mocks that I've taken a peek at, I haven't seen anybody else go no. in those two spots. You, you probably won't. Maybe maybe a Lamar Jackson here and there, but those are the two solid players right there. Right. So, so talk, you just mentioned the Panthers bye week. So let's talk uh, about the strategy of possibly fading McCaffrey. If, let, all right. So you're on the clock at 102, and the guy in front of you just took Mahomes. So mm-hmm. you're, you're on tilt already. Okay. Normally, mm-hmm. you'd say McCaffrey's an easy consolation prize. No problem. I'm in. Scott Fishbowl, why, why do you have to reconsider that? Week 13, week one of his playoffs are the bye for the Panthers and Buccaneers. So you're going to be without McCaffrey. And week 13, he takes the highest scorers. It's not head-to-head. So you not say, oh, maybe I'll run into somebody who doesn't have McCaffrey. No, you're going against 32 other teams, the top 10 advance. So you need the highest scoring possible players. So now all the McCaffrey owners are out of luck. You're going to have the guys at number three, four, with Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley going above you and potentially scoring more. You really need to hit in those later rounds. So what you're saying is you're confident in your build. Mm-hmm. That you could build a team that's going to win and make the playoffs, that it might be viable from jump to take Saquon Barkley over McCaffrey. It's uh, it's crazy to, to say that, but yeah, it's a consideration. Because you're going to have the exact same team, right? Yeah. Everybody, everybody else in every other round is going to be the same players. So does McCaffrey versus Saquon really make a difference as to whether or not you're going to make the playoffs? Obviously, health comes into play, mm-hmm. but if they're both at the top of their game and they're the RB1 and RB2, and they play to that level through the season. Does it really make a difference which one you have? You're going to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. If you built your team the right way. So may- yep. maybe, and I, f- I feel like I'm crazy, because when you first mentioned this to me, I thought you were nuts. But <laughs> maybe if you have confidence in your build, it's the smart play to take Saquon at two. Yeah. If McCaffrey went. I mean, you have tw- is 22 rounds in this draft. I mean, basically, we all agreed last night, you're treating it as a best ball draft. You're going to be start taking upside guys at the end. and There is fab waivers, right? There is. It is. Yeah. $100. There is no trading, but there is a fab. There is, um, like I said, no trading, no kickers, no defenses. It's just the four positions. That is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> no kicker, no defense. I hate kickers. Yeah, that... That, that, that's why I'm transitioning to uh, Dynasty and Devi Leagues is because there's there's no such thing as, as defense or, mm-hmm. or kickers. I'm not quite ready for IDP yet. No, neither am I. I'm not doing it. Like, I, I've dabbled in it in the past. It seems almost silly. Like, you're you're just replacing it with, with a kicker. Like, it's too much work. Everybody takes one or two IDP players, and they're all superstars. So, like, what was the point? Yeah, it's yeah. too much work for me. I'm, I already do too much with three drafts. It doesn't make sense. All right, so we're going to walk through this draft that you participated in yesterday. Who else was in this with you? Anybody else we've heard of? So the guys that ran it were uh, Fantasy FF Faceoff. These are the guys that put together the uh, mock. Gary Haddow was the big name in it as the champ last year. Everybody that participated in this mock is in the Scott Fishbowl. They are all drafting from their respective positions. Good to be able to at least draft out behind the 101 and see what he has in mind. All right. So he took McCaffrey. He took McCaffrey. I took Mahomes. And you took Mahomes, which is the best case scenario for us. That's mm-hmm. what we're hoping for. Coming back around at 2.11, you went with Austin Eckler. You mm-hmm. chose him. Other players on the board were Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Gurley in that zone, but you took Eckler. 
what do you have on your mind with that? Uh, well, I, well, Aaron Jones actually ends up on your team. So. He does. I got a message from Gary saying he wanted Eckler badly. So that okay. must have been a good pick. If it's PPR, I wanted to get that top notch back. I'm a fan of Eckler this year. In this format, too, I want to block down that running back. He's an RB1 in my mind. So wanted to get that down pat. I figured at this point, I saw Russell and Breeze on the board. So I'm like, oh, one of them will make it back. I'll experiment. I'll take two quarterbacks here and see what my team looks like. And uh, Gary took two. <laughs> I actually like that. Took both of I like them, that. Right. Well, you guys, you you ended up with a consolation prize of Aaron Jones, yeah. which I, I absolutely love. He he's a, a a big volume guy. He's young. He's only twenty five. So so you know the health should be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he, he's a player that when you take out the super flex angle of it, he's he's going late first round in a lot of drafts. In in, in a lot of situations, he's going before Eckler. So I, I, I think you got a big win there. That's a that's a great foundation to start. Yes. Here we are with the tight end. Come around to the fourth round and you're taking Darren Waller. Yeah. So right there you short up that extra bonus. Mm-hmm. You don't have to deal with it anymore. Nope. I don't think you dealt with it. You, you looked at another tight end for quite a while after yeah, that. No. No. And I love the one that you got, the the second one. Oh, I love him. We'll talk about that when we get to him, but that that's perfect. Had out went Receiver, receiver after that. Mm-hmm. So right now, after four rounds, you're looking at a quarterback, two running backs, and a tight end. And the guy on the turn has a running back, two quarterbacks, and then two receivers because he, he, he takes a receiver going into the fifth. Mm-hmm. And then sneaky good thing to this too, with your fifth round pick of Aaron Rodgers, I noticed in the scoring system, I think the points are doubled if your interception is a pick six. And Rodgers has thrown, I think, one or two in his entire, entire career. career. So, I mean, you're not you're not drafting for that, but no. that, that's pretty sweet. I get the Rodgers so. uh, Jones combo. I actually didn't realize until after the draft. Oh yeah, there I you didn't go. Think about that. That that works in in half PPR or higher. I don't think that really matters. No, because you're getting you're still getting a connection there too. Rodgers, you you picked him with other quarterbacks nearby, maybe Burrow. Um, I, I I think that he's getting slept on quite a bit. Rodgers, yeah, he's pissed off. He's pissed. He wants to show this year. He's got Devontae Adams. He's good. I mean, right after Rodgers yeah. went, Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, Carson Wentz in that round. I don't trust Josh Allen. He's inaccurate as anything. He can't hit anything. I, I hate him <laughs> in this format. Absolutely awful. <laughs> I mean, I, I just overall hate him, but I think he's a fraud. Yeah. I, I, like, I just have such a problem with these mobile quarterbacks that have no accuracy. Like, it, it, it just, you're not a quarterback. He attempted to lateral a ball in the playoffs. Yeah, I lost a game doing that. <laughs> People don't talk about that. Oh man! Through five picks, we still don't see a wide receiver, no. and I think you had wide receiver on the brain going into the sixth pick. I did, but we we went uh, sexy Couture over here. I can't believe you're able to pull Cam Akers at I that had level. To, I had in, to right in there. round six. That's that's some value right there. I had to. I'm actually like I'm enamored with this kid. I I didn't realize I was doing some digging, mm-hmm. and this kid was like the number one recruit coming out of high school. He was the best quarterback in the nation in high school. Like this kid's just pedigree, man. He's going to a good offense. You you can't go to a better situation than, than what he is. The opportunities there, he's gonna start. the systems there. You know he he's going to be plug and play Todd Gurley, man. Yeah. I'm disappointed I haven't uh, invested in him yet. I, I think I'm going to have to sign up for another Dynasty League today just so I can get, get me a share of Cam. One-on-one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Screw it. All right. So we're still 
we're, we're through six rounds. We still haven't had a receiver put on this team yet, but you're stacked at quarterback. You're stacked at running back and you have addressed the tight end. You don't have to deal with that anymore. So you've gotten all the headaches out. Yep. Why is it that this year in 2020, you felt comfortable Wait until the seventh round before you take your first wide receiver. It's just so deep. If you look at the receiver class at, at minimum, I mean, you have so many receivers coming out that are going to start day one. You have a lot of the rookie receivers that are last year that are now sophomores that are guys that emerged. You have Scary Terry, McLaren. You have DJ Chark, who I should have took in this spot. You have guys like that, AJ Brown. They're all coming up and they're all going to potentially break out this year. So I feel the workhorse back is a thing of the past almost. You got to grab those workhorses as you can, and I'll just address the receiver spot later on. So if you'll see the next four and the next five picks are all receivers. Let's talk about those players because seven, eight, nine, and 11, we picked up Tyler Lockett, Marquise Brown, Julian Edelman, and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, like, Julian Edelman with Cam Newton now. Yeah, I like... He's getting disrespected. Emmanuel Sanders is getting disrespected too. He is. I mean, these guys are volume monsters, man. Like, like, why, I, I don't understand why they're being treated like they're a wide receiver three, wide receiver four in all these leagues, and that's where you got them. Edelman last year was a high dra- higher draft pick. I, I'll take him any day of the week in these rounds. I absolutely love him. I just, I just drafted him in my Devi league in, in like it was like round 11 or 12 or something like that, but it was because everybody wants all this youth. Youth is sexy, you know, like like there Mm -hmm. there was such a good wide receiver class this year. So it's on paper there. You, you, you want to jump in, you want a piece of that, you know, I mean, you got some youth with Marquise Brown. There's upside there. Absolutely. He, he could, he's just as likely to bump out and be a, a wide receiver one or two is any of these rookie wide receivers. In fact, I'd probably feel better that, about him making a quick ascension this year than C.D. Lamb or Judy or yeah. Rager. Yeah. I'd rather have Marquise Brown than them. Yeah, absolutely. I would say so. I think you did a good job of taking the value on the, on these four guys. If this were my mock draft, I would have been throwing things against the wall when Tyler Boyd got sniped two picks before Marquise Brown. Oh yeah, that, That's a guy in this format that I really, really like, and you missed him by two spots. So. Yep. Hopefully, yep. hopefully he'll be there. I would have rather had him than Marquise Brown, but you know that's just personal preference there. So we're built pretty well now. So you basically have your starting lineup set there. All set. All right. And yeah, then your next pitch, ahead. your next pick is is a swing for the fence. And this is where I guess this is where you start talking about that best ball strategy with Tariq Cohen. What do you think about him this year? I love Tariq Cohen. I loved him last year. He's a PPR back. He's a scat back. Like you just said, he's the best ball guy. He uh, he's your pass catcher. He's a flex play. I could, he's a plug-and-play flex, I feel like, almost every week. I'm very content with it. I feel like if one of my backs go down, I could easily slide him in. So the, your, ne- your next pick after Cohen, I, I understand what you're doing, but, oh, you got sniped, didn't you? I got sniped. I got sniped. I you was got very sniped. So you're that. going to get that third quarterback. That was oh. for my boy. And, uh, uh, you got sniped for Sam Darnold, which yeah. I'm sure you were probably you, – you, you, you look like a crackhead waiting for that pick to come in. So I was upset. <laughs> you, was this a one-minute clock? It was uh, three minutes. Oh, all right. So that was so three, basically, three uh, minutes of agony. Sam went, and I, I, he was, I was all ready to pick him. I had to take ha- Dwayne Haskins. I think he's a decent upside flyer. But, I mean, looking after him, I think he was the last starting quarterback left. Because the rest of them, I mean, Justin Herbert, he'll be starting by the time the playoffs hit. Tyrod Taylor probably loses his job. At that point, yeah, Fitzpatrick, Nick Foles, guys that aren't guaranteed spots. Yeah, it's all question marks. 
Haskins going to have a very long leash. If he's healthy, he's going to stick there. I'd rather take my shot on him at least. All right. So then the next round, we're in the 13th round here. You, you picked up uh, uh, a homer pick, but I, I love it, man. I love it. Oh, I love it. this pick. Chris Herndon. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my opinion, this could be a top 12 tight end easily. And in this format? Absolutely. His rookie year, Sam loved him. Sam found him constantly. If you're watching this right now, just go look at Herndon versus Green Bay 2018. What a great game he had. This kid has got a huge upside. He was hurt last year, was suspended. He's fully healthy. He's ready to go. Sam loves his tight ends. So I'm all in. So if I understand this correctly, you could put him in a flex Mm -hmm. and get that tight end bonus. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So he might be a player that you're using a little bit more than maybe Emmanuel Sanders. Uh Uh-huh. You get that little that little bonus bump, man. I like that. And then we're just rounding out a bench. Yeah, I, I know you love Anthony McFarland. He's a he's, he's a handcuff. big stack attack guy this year. We're, we're we're buying high on him. And you're just grabbing some of your own handcuffs, some of other people's handcuffs, just to get some volume. And again, a lot of these guys are, are going to be waiver wire fodder down the oh, road. Absolutely. But at this you point, know, just taking a swing and a swing and a shot. Guys like Ryquell Armstead and you know Benjamin. That's perfect. John Brown's pretty solid bench guy. Yeah, good value right there. Absolutely. And then my, uh, my very last pick, I don't know if you've seen it yet. No, I didn't look down there. Josh Gordon. Oh, God. It's what best, are you doing? It's, it's run 22. He play, oh, if he, maybe God. if he plays. I'm probably going to cut him week one or two anyway. The guy two picks no. before me took Antonio Brown, actually. You're, you're definitely going to cut him before week one because this is the mock draft, dude. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> probably. You, my, don't, uh, you don't have to. My division, my division to looks it. pretty tough, so I'm, look, I'm curious to see how it goes. Anybody we know in your division? Yeah, we got um, Mike Taglier, Fantasy Pros. He's in the he's uh, he's the one okay. one in my league. Got Mike Wal- Mike Waldo with uh, Fantastics. Uh, oh, I listen to them on Sunday mornings. Yeah, I listen on Sirius XM. I'm way to work all the time. That, that 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 that's where I put my earbud in while I'm mowing my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> they they actually do a uh, they they do a, a DraftKings listener league every week. Mm-hmm. I, I enter it every week. I want it once. Right. But it, it's you. It's like usually five bucks. I think I want a hundred bucks or something that's like fine. that. But that's pretty cool. But yeah, that's. Um, I mean, we got a couple other guys. Clipcast is in there. Red shirts, fantasy football, uh, DLF, the conspiracy collection, eat sleep fantasy, fantastics, and we got a bunch of fans in the uh, the thing. Looking at the um, the history though, there's only I think three or four guys in my division that have ever been in Scott Fish before. So there's a lot of new blood. Good opportunity for us to strike, make these playoffs, hopefully. Nice, nice. I like that. The draft's Monday, 10 a.m. I am off work. <laughs> me too. I took a vacation day Monday, and I'm off on Tuesday. Me, me too. So That's I will perfect. be uh, 10 a.m. telling the wife, no baby watching. I am, uh, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> All right. All right. One of the other thing, too, guys, with, with the Scott Fishbowl, that's probably the most important part. I mean, th- this guy is like the, the greatest humanitarian out there. Mm-hmm. This whole thing he put together to make it a fundraiser for his his charitable cause, Fantasy Cares, which fuels Toys for Tots. And from donations and the t-shirts and, and everything, last year, it was like $17,000 or something like that they raised to buy toys for underprivileged children around Christmas time. And he actually, it, it's Scott Fish's pinned tweet, if you look on his Twitter page, in like a Walmart or something like that in Minnesota buying $17,000 worth of toys at the checkout line. That, that's that's pretty amazing. That's absolutely he is, incredible. He won in 2018. He was the Athletic Person of the Year and 2019 FSGA Humanitarian of the Year. Oh, yeah. See? So he, um, he runs I guess numer- I was right then. <laughs> he, runs num- he runs numerous websites. We're, uh, we're in a dynasty league right now off of his site, off his format. Yep. Yeah, he does a wonderful thing. 
All right. So the message from the Scott Fishbowl is be a good person. That's it. Yeah. Right? It, 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 it's an ama- amazing event. It brings everybody together. The, the, I, you know, I love the fantasy baseball community, but I got to be honest, the football guys are pretty amazing. Like, they're, they're, like nobody's arguing with each other. You'd, fig- you'd figure when you're an analyst, you, you're going to hate on everybody else's stuff. Everybody is so supportive. It's crazy. Like mm-hmm. we're we're just a we're we're an upstart. You know, we've only been podcasting for less than a year, and you know, we we started this out as as kind of a baseball thing, and then decided to to go multi sport when the coronavirus Absolutely. hit. But, but you know, so that we could keep doing this, and that that's how we got uh, Nick hired. Yeah, it, it's just incredible how much everybody supports each other there, and they promote each other's podcasts and their work mm-hmm. and whatnot. It's just awesome, man. I love to be a part of it. Me, even being in a, you know, the little guppy, guppy pool, <laughs> the Scott Guppy Bowl, and, and just being like a, a, a Twitter troll trying to get into into the big one. I just love being a part of it, man. It, it's such a such a great environment. Such such a good feeling. Put you, you know, sets your day off the right way, man. So go out and give something right now. I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. There we there go. go. I'm, I'm gonna go make a donation as soon as we sign off. There we go. Boom. All right. Nick, any, any other last thoughts before we sign out? Yeah, if you're in the uh, Power Wheels division and you were watching this right now, my mock draft is not my, pl- my main strategy. <laughs> Don't pay attention to it. <laughs> but um, no, like what Jeff said, uh, it's great. Good charitable causes. Helps kids. Uh, I love it. It's awesome. Uh, it's a great thing that Scott does, and I'm super honored to be a part of it. Awesome. Awesome. All right, man. We're going we're, we're to uh, get back on the air in, in just a couple of days and talk about your first couple of rounds. I'm sure it'll take quite a few days to complete the whole thing, but we'll definitely break down after you get two, three, four rounds in. But in the yeah, meantime, definitely. in the meantime, I think you might be on the clock in our dynasty I am on league. The clock. I need you to are? go, uh, I, I need to go agonize because uh, I've been uh, all right. multiple times. All right, Trevor, take us out. So Nick could uh, go crunch this pick. All right, guys. <laughs> Peace. See you guys later.